Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about understanding fear, understanding our first fear or our original fear, and then the other side of that, understanding our reactive fear or our fear of fear. There are so many different places the mind can go. It can go into reaction. It can go into fear. And this uh, second fear, as it may be called, can be what is keeping the fires burning with our anxiety and keeping us in a cycle of fear versus us mo- moving out of what's actually happening, let it pass and moving on and living our lives. Instead, we're keeping the cycle going, the fear, and then the middle piece of that, which is our stress hormones. And then finally, back to fear again, because when we have stress hormones raging, if we are not aware enough to be able to say to ourselves that these will settle down and we can go on and 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 move through it, when we are afraid of it and try to push it away or outrun it or a million other different distraction type of techniques, we actually keep the cycle going. But let's let's dive in here. I made some notes uh, that I wanted to be able to share with you on this. The first fear that comes up, our first fear or original fear, is natural. We are human beings and we are built with um, a brain that has evolved over time, but we do have that lizard brain, that lizard brain part of us that instinctively knows how to keep us safe. It can, in, it can feel danger and it can signal the body to do what it needs to do in order for you to be able to fight or flee uh, and even to freeze, to be able to be still, to keep oneself out of harm's way. Now, we've all experienced this. You wouldn't be listening to this show if you hadn't experienced the fight, flight, or freeze response many times in your life, more than you care to. And so we've all experienced it. Now, normally, what happens is we would be frightened of something. We would deal with the threat. We would either see it as uh, real or we would see it as we would be able to put it in its place, a hierarchy of how dangerous, how threatening is this. And we could get ourselves to safety if needed, meaning mentally or physically. And when we got to safety, the fear would subside. Now, what's happening and what I'm seeing in the emails is that this is not happening. People are not getting to that place of safety. They are not feeling that relief that comes from having a a present danger, getting safe, and then having it relax, having the parasympathetic nervous system come back online again. And we're not feeling that. We're staying in the loop. This is what I'm seeing from the mail that I am reading. And what What can happen is when we are oversensitized, such as when we are experiencing 
anxiety panic, meaning we are in this loop and it's happening to us, whether daily or situationally, but it's happening enough that we have actually labeled it and gone online to try to find something to listen to to learn more about it. When that happens, when we are that sensitized and we are experiencing an original fear that comes up, we feel it even more intensely than maybe the person next to you who is also in the same line of fire, so to speak, but they are not feeling it with the same intensity that you are. We could say that we feel um, the threat of danger out of proportion. And we could also say that we scare ourselves sometimes and cause ourselves to have what I call reactive fear, what is feeling like a second fear. We're scared ourselves and then we're, we're so overreactive to it that we can't go through it. We can't work through it. We are frozen or we want to fight or we want to run. And so we are still in the loop. And this is where um, we can use the analogy of original fear or first fear as being like a spark that has landed on a pile of dry leaves. The potential to either die out or be fanned into a flame is there. But if we are going to just let it die out, that's great. No fire, no flame. But if we fan it with more fear, if we fan it with thoughts of distress, of um, potential danger, of imagination that can run wild. Most of us who have had anxiety have really great imaginations. Unfortunately, we have let the lizard brain be the spark to that imagination, and we've gone to very scary places looking for safety. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So it is this reactive fear, this second fear that kicks in, fanning the flame 
or fanning that little spark on that pile of dry leaves and the imagination kicking in, it really does fan the spark and it becomes a flame. And then we're in full bloom. Then we're burning and that's very easy to keep that fire going. We throw another log on the fire. We can actually just throw many different things on there. And the imagination is very good at keeping that flame going unless we can contain it, unless we can see it for what it is and call it out. We don't have to just go willy-nilly wherever our um, thoughts are trying to take us. We get to use our higher functioning, our reasoning to see even quickly to see, is this something I need to be concerned about or not? And often we indulge in the second fear because we have become habituated to it. We have been there so many times. It's just like sliding down the wormhole. You're just going. You don't even know how it started. You just know the feeling of sliding down the wormhole. So I want to bring more awareness to this reactive second fear and see if I can't help you to be able to have some awareness around it, some space around the thinking and the imagination, so that instead of fanning the flames, you can just let it be. Let that spark just die out. It may. And also, by trying to fight with those dry leaves and push them around or push them away, you inadvertently can fan the flame and get that little spark to to flash up into fire. And so we don't even know that we're doing something harmful to ourselves when we're uh, fussing with our fears and fighting against them, but we are actually sending messages that things are dangerous and I need to, I need to run or I need to fight. I need to get out of here. When actually, if we had just let that spark be, it may have just burned out on its own. We want to make sure that all of this is in our conscious awareness when this is happening. We want to be sure to bring ourselves back to being able to think about it and be sure that um, we're not fanning the spark because of trying to get away from it. And we do that not because we're trying to, we're just doing it because we're in our sensitized state and we're acting out of reaction, not responding. And so again, when we can add some space and slow things down a little bit, we can begin to see that we have a choice. Now, remember that this original fear can be triggered from many different things. We don't even know what was happening when we began to have this fear. It could have been a memory bubbling up from our subconscious or an actual event that was happening in the here and now right in front of us. But even if it was a car cutting you off in traffic, you get to just deal with it. You you have it happen. Your stress hormones come in. They flare up. Your, uh, your vision becomes more focused. Your heart is beating. You are ready to react. You are on top of things. And then when that car speeds off and is gone, you are safe. You need to acknowledge that you are safe and let that go. Not keep the flames burning by complaining about the car, reiterating the whole situation, 
just keeping it top of mind. Let yourself feel the sense of safety and gratitude and joy and actually smile. Give yourself some ways of feeling safe consciously and you will be able to break that cycle much easier. Much of what triggers our original fear is um, out of our control. Like I said, it could be subconscious. There are things bubbling up. We don't have control over that. And that feels like, oh, no, I don't have, con- what am I supposed to do? I have no control over that. Things just come into my mind. Uh, feelings bubble up in my body. But we do have control. We have control over how we respond. And when we learn this, this was huge for me to realize that I actually had control over whether I was going to react or whether I was going to respond. We do have control over reactive fear and soothing our mind. Um, and, And so we don't have to go with the reaction. We can go with a way of soothing our mind by letting things be neutral, letting that spark just burn out by itself, feeling safe, and letting ourselves let the stress float through It was there. Yes, it was real. And your body mind did what it needed to do. And now we have to let it go instead of keeping it going and burning. We need to desensitize that ancient part of our brain. And um, I love that Rick Hansen has coined the term petting the lizard. And I'd love to get to that. Now let's get back to uh, Rick Hansen's coined term, petting the lizard, because this is what I want you to try for yourself, for getting yourself out of this reactive fear. Original fears are going to happen. First fears in our life are going to come up and we can feel comfortable with that. We can understand that the first fear happens. There are many things in our life that are going to send us a a signal that this is dangerous or this is something I need to really pay attention to, but we don't need to go and react to it. We can respond to it, but responding to it is with some wisdom and with some, it will take some practice. But the more you can see your reactive fear, the more space you'll be giving yourself to have a response. So why don't you try this? Next time a wave of anxiety begins to rise, And it will. There are, I mean, I still get times where there are things that come up that maybe I am at the edge and I've had a full day and okay, that's a lot happening. And it begins to come up. You can get just a feeling of, oh, this is stressful. So the next time a wave of anxiety or high stress begins to rise in you, I want you to become consciously aware that this is an opportunity for you. This is not something that you have to run from or immediately change or get out of. Those are fearful second fear thoughts. What you want to look at it as, as an opportunity. So we're going to use Rick Hansen's Pet the Lizard, and we're going to use this as an opportunity to pet the lizard brain. 
And what we're doing is we're reminding that amygdala, that ancient brain that has kept us alive, kept humans alive to the point where we are now because it could detect fear and it could send us into a point in our body where our stress hormones are going and we have the strength and the focus uh, to be able to fight, flee, or if needed, be freeze. But we want to be able to let that lizard brain have its place, not to always be standing guard, not to always be scanning the horizon for trouble. We want to have the lizard brain calmed down here and there. And we can do this consciously. We can do this. And so how we do it is what I call, and from hearing Rick Hansen coin it, pet the lizard. We pet the lizard. And we do that by reminding the lizard brain that we are safe and that there is no need for its services right now. It can turn the fire alarm off. We don't need it right now. It's okay. We have assessed the situation. We are thankful for the alert, but your services are no longer needed. And we can begin to relax our muscles. Now, we do have conscious control over relaxing our muscles. So we do have control over working with this amygdala, with this lizard brain. We can relax our muscles. This is a signal to the lizard brain that all is well, that we are, in fact, okay. And I know that you will have plenty of opportunities to practice this. Now you're thinking, well, I don't really want those opportunities, but I'm telling you, life always gives us the practice that we need. We don't need to artificially add anything new in. You can just keep this top of mind. The next time your stress levels begin to rise, you can say, okay, what was the original fear? What was the first fear? And what am I going to do with that? Okay, my amygdala is, is it's set up. It's ready. It's, it's set out, um, those stress hormones, which are natural to come out. They are prepared us. And then you want to see, okay, but now the coast is clear. Now I am safe. Now, even if this is an ongoing long-term situation, you have pockets of safety in your day. And you need to take those pockets of safety and allow your amygdala to stand down. You need to tell it to stand down. You need to relax your muscles. You need to lighten your gaze. You need to breathe differently, which is we've talked about in many podcasts. But what you do is that is your way of petting the lizard and letting it know, thank you for the alarm. But now in this very moment, I'm okay. All is well. And you can stand down. And the more often we can do this, even in a very stressful life where things are going on, ongoing, we can find these small pockets and we must take them and use them to our advantage and let the amygdala stand down. So I hope that you will try petting the lizard and letting it know, yes, thank you. Great help. I see what you were trying to say. All is well now. And then I'm telling you, 90 seconds of 
registering safety, those stress hormones will recede and you will begin to be able to access your parasympathetic nervous system and feel more relaxed. It's important that we do this consciously and soon enough it will become your new default. I love hearing from you guys. So if you have show ideas, um, you can send those to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a question you'd like to have read on the show, send that question in and we'll be sure to um, put it in the lineup. And now for today's quote. We are more often frightened than hurt. And we suffer more from imagination than from reality. And that's from Seneca. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com. 